0: So this interview with Kevin and Leslie was recorded in uh, March actually and so we've had it for a while so if there's anything that feels a little outdated that's why I just wanted to let you know and but I hope you enjoy it and uh, Merry Christmas in July. Everybody welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are really excited today. We have a very special uh, interview, a uh, double interview for you today. Uh, I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and I'm here with film director Leslie Domitriotis. Is that right? <laughs> I get it? Close? Oh no, that sounds almost. Almost like a disease though. <laughs> Dmitriotis. <laughs> Dmitriotis, sorry. Dometriotis. I apologize. Um, but I'm really excited to have you here on the podcast. And then we also have producer uh, we have producer Kevin uh, Duda. Is that right, Duda? You got it. Yeah, sorry. I, we have producer Kevin Duda here, and uh, so this is something we've been talking about for quite a while, having you both here on the podcast, and uh, so why don't you each uh, introduce us to you and how you got into uh, becoming a director-producer, uh, starting with you, Leslie?
1: Sure, um, well, I, I started off as an actor, and um, then the writer strike happened in two thousand and eight, and the next skill set that I thought was my strongest was producing. So I produced for the next decade. Um, I produced documentaries and um, unscripted television. And then um, I was actually living in New York at the time. I had moved from Los Angeles to New York for work. And I had some good friends and I I was talking with them and I said, well, I love this city, but I feel like I don't know it very well. What can I do to get to know the city better? And uh, they were in the burlesque world there. And so I decided to do a documentary about New York burlesque which then led me to do a um, feature narrative um, that's based in New York as well. And that's sort of <laughs> between those two films, it's how I got to learn all about um, New York and traveling around the city and meeting people and everything. And when I did that scripted narrative movie, it's called Women and Sometimes Men, when I did that, that's when I realized I loved, directing. It was never my intention to be a, a, a director. Um, I hadn't really uh, thought about it, but I kept interviewing other directors and I just wasn't finding the person for, for the job. And so my husband, who is also my producing partner for our indie films, he, he you know, mm-hmm. last while, why don't you do it? And it was a, a really big step, but I'm so happy that I did because um, that's what launched me um, in my directing career.
0: That's great. I love that. And you kind of stumble upon uh, on, on something that you didn't even expect and it ends up becoming your passion. That's great. And so Kevin, what about you? What was your journey to becoming a producer?
2: Well, uh, first I want to say, I'm so happy she stumbled on directing too because uh, uh, working her with, with Leslie is like a complete joy and I can't imagine her doing, doing anything else she is a she, is a, she is a nurturer of talent and of creativity. So, thank you,
1: Kevin. Um, thank you.
2: You're welcome. You didn't say anything nice about me, but I guess I'll just take that one for the team. And <laughs> <laughs>
1: Please, you haven't really told your story yet.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm totally <laughs> now you're kind of now you're kind of coming into like a conversation, a normal conversation between <laughs> Leslie and I. That's right. Um, <laughs> um, I actually I actually came to producing through acting as well. I was a theater actor. I was. I went to college as a theater actor and and worked um, as a theater actor for um, almost uh, almost twenty years on Broadway and on national tours and regional theaters. Um, And actually, strangely, very little had of my career or even my my training had to do with TV and film. But I I sort of came to the realization after doing um you know doing two really long long running jobs back to back. that the part of theater that i really liked was the creativity and the develop uh, that went into development and so i started really focusing on that it had been kind of a secondary element for me for a long time and I, I i loved it so much and i would always kind of miss it the minute as an actor even the minute i was out of the rehearsal room and under the stage i always think oh gosh i wish i was you know kind of back in the rehearsal room and kind of focusing on what that was and and that sort of led me to producing and developing um, new properties for theater, and then uh, it brought me to Hallmark through the development process, which is interestingly and a very happily uh, very similar to the way we develop theater, the way that we uh, that we the way that we look at scripts and develop characters and story arcs and, and all that stuff. So, so I kind of came to Hallmark you know via that um, that piece of the puzzle from theater, and I am thrilled that I did.
0: That's so cool. I love musical theater. I love Broadway. Me too. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> it's my favorite. I haven't been able to to go since uh, uh, since what was it? Um, I guess it's been five years. I, I last time I was there, I saw um, Crazy for You. It was the last oh, show yeah. that I saw of Broadway. course. Yeah.
2: That was yeah. amazing.
0: Especially if you like it's dancing, that show. was. A great show uh, but I'm dying to get there to s- I, I want to see Town so bad it looks oh ha- amazing yeah, I have
2: not seen it and and I have friends in it and everyone just said everyone just raves about it and I love I mean there's nothing like you know good Broadway good musical theater there's just yeah. nothing like it it's just it's just awesome
0: yeah I mean and I there I would have zero chance of getting tickets but uh, I would do just about anything to get to see uh, the new music man coming Oh, Hugh Jackman, Son Foster. Hugh Ugh, Jackman,
2: are I you kidding? <laughs> oh,
0: I'm in. I know. I was like, I'll, I'll t-
2: take us all. I'll get. I'll figure a way. I'll I take know. us all. Get to New York, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll get, I'll bring us all.
0: I was like, I'll donate We're a kidney for that. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh! Like, I would I would legit freak out if I. Oh, uh, it looks. I mean, it would just. How can it not be good? Come on, Music Man, Son oh, Foster, classic.
2: Junior. Exactly. Hello. Exactly.
0: Uh, but yeah, I love uh, my my big passion uh, in uh, as a teenager was was uh, Les Mis was uh, mm-hmm. just I I knew every line to uh, every song I knew <laughs> I was I was obsessed with it and I went and saw it when I was uh, 15 uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, it lived up to the hype I just absolutely loved it and it's still um I've seen it four times on Broadway. Uh, oh wow I just love I love that show
2: so much I mean it's got it's also it's got everything you know it's got the love story it's got the good guy the bad guy the the drama the the death the life that you know it's great it's great it's exactly what musical theater you know should be and also really was in the 80s too a big you know Mm. those big sweeping operatic musicals
0: yeah but even it does like even the bad guy is a very complex character because he's trying to do what's right in his eyes yeah he's he's doing he's you know enforcing the law he's in his eyes yeah. he's doing what's right and uh and uh, and jean Valjean is the criminal and yeah. uh so i i i love
1: i love it and uh i love the music and everything and so, i feel like that's the best kind of storytelling too mm-hmm. i mean at least the stuff that um that i gravitate towards yeah like- teller is when there aren't clear-cut boundaries yeah. to who's good and who's bad you know something that more closely resembles life yeah. to me seems uh mm, you know much more engaging yeah or for for an audience
2: right well and also for lack of a, for lack of a you know you know more, more reasoning uh than, than that that's kind of a perfect example but I also think that it's also because we're all good bad and in different like at different times in our lives right we all have like kind of we've all played the villain we've all played the hero we've all played the kind of person who's in between so it's kind of nice to see like like leslie said these complex characters because we as humans are so complex and there's no real definition of of any of us you know i
0: think if you're gonna have the sort of more stock characters of the hero and villain i think you need to be sort of bombastic in a certain way You know, like it needs to be sort of funny. It needs to be sort of over the top. I think that's why the like the Marvel films are able to get away with that uh, because uh, because they have because of the charisma of the actors playing the Mm. heroes, and uh, because usually their scripts kind of clip along and have a you know something like a Guardians of the Galaxy has kind of a humor to it that I think makes makes that work. That sort of old school. Heroes and villains, kind of dynamic that they do there, because uh, otherwise it's just kind of boring. It, it sure. doesn't give you the uh, the you need something to kind of relate to. And right.
1: Right. Well, I think that's why the DC universe, the DC universe, to me, is really interesting because mm. of You know who, who who the Joker is and what he represents. Right. And, you know, every other characters. Mm-hmm. I find that universe to be really yeah. fascinating.
0: Yeah, and it's as it was off track for at least for me for a while and now it's coming back which is nice to see yeah but yeah yeah, what do you think about particularly with hallmark that they are why they kind of have captured the zeitgeist of the the moment you know that they become such a phenomenon Mm -hmm. uh that that people are sort of attracted to these simple romantic stories and they find them so appealing what do you think
2: kevin well i mean i think you know I, I think, and this is probably echoing something that's been said on your podcast before, but I, I'll, I'll just echo it and say that I think entertainment you can count on is a very, um, it, it has become a little bit of, as we explore new territory in, 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 uh, in film and TV, you know, having something that, that we all can count on and know is going to be there for us, kind of a, sa- a safety blanket of entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. Is 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 really kind of what people are are, are looking for right now, especially kind of with with the world the way it is. And it, it's nice to be able to. I think I think Hallmark has hit um, the need for that kind of entertainment at the at the time that the world came around to needing that kind of entertainment. I think it's mm-hmm. a perfect meet in the middle. Um, and you know, the simple stories. It's it's it. it they're they're simple and they're complex you know there's there's simplicity in the in the um in the in the relationships but there's complexity when you kind of look further into those relationships in a lot of these stories so Mm. i think that's what what keeps people is um is is the complexity but what what gets them in is the simplicity of you know girl meets boy girl falls in love with boy girl Something happens, and you know it may not it may not work out and and then by the end it, it, it does work out or it seemingly looks like it's going to be at least a hopeful ending you know to the story
0: well yeah, and really they they've been embracing uh, tropes that Hollywood kind of forgot about uh, that uh, and and I, I felt like for a long time that Hollywood has just stopped making movies for women for a, for a long time that uh, uh, that Uh, that everything is made for like between like 17 to 24 year old boys and you rarely have that movie that that really connects with uh with with women and not that all women have like the same things necessarily but just uh something that's made for because even a lot of the romantic comedies that were made for a while had sort of a I I feel like kind of a masculine energy to them about them there was a sort of a, a a crudeness to them Uh, sort of the Judd Apatow kind of of world, uh, Mm -hmm. which I'm, you know, that has its place, but people just stopped making uh, films that were appealing to a lot of women, (laughs) and I think that that's something that Hallmark has really tapped into well. Uh, What do you think, Leslie?
1: Yeah, so it's funny, um, when I talk to, um, when I talk to my students sort of about the um, state of storytelling. I kind of take it back to, you know, in, in 2008 when the economy collapsed and people were really scared, um, they couldn't see the future. Um, you know, what, what occurred was, um, scripted storytelling wasn't holding anybody's attention anymore, right? So, um, you know, producers were saying, what can we do to get these people who are living in their really, really high stakes life to be able to have something to escape to? Yeah. And somebody said, ooh, I know what we'll do. We're going to put a bunch of people on an island and watch them survive, (laughs) right? And so- In came uh, the survivor quality of unscripted television, right? right? And I believe that something similar has happened with our hearts and with love, that, um, that there's a lot of unease in our world, um, and there, to me, the, the highest energy and the highest vibration that we can access is love. And um, I believe that Hallmark uh, is creating content with that at, at the apex of it. And, and certainly the type of con- uh, content that I'm interested in creating with Hallmark mm-hmm. is that most elevated feeling of love, which I believe we achieved with Two Turtle Doves, definitely. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I believe that that's why Hallmark is where it is now, is because people know that when they go to the Hallmark Channel, they're gonna get to experience love. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, and really we had no romantic comedies, hardly at all, uh, from Hollywood for a long time. I mean, that was was so refreshing about the Crazy Rich Asians, was it was like, oh, in the theater, yes! Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a romantic comedy. Uh-huh because there weren't even bad ones. There just were none. You'd be lucky if you had one or two a year and, and for years. And, uh, so it, you know, it's, it was, I think people were just like, there was a void and, and, uh, and, you know, so a lot of people were really down on romantic comedies, but I think that, that there's a, value in, in seeing love and, uh, and all those tropes are comforting and, and fun and, and bring a lot of comedy and, and chemistry. And, and I think it's a valuable genre,
1: <laughs> I do,
0: obviously. It is, and it's yeah. actually,
1: um, very, uh, deceiving, how hard it is to make a good romantic comedy yeah Um, for sure and which i believe a lot of directors you know um that end up being able to do one um that they really really learn because there is such a tendency for it to go corny or to not have good performances Mm -hmm. um that when um we actually take a look at the stakes in somebody's life within the characterization that um Yeah, it's really deceiving to actually get one that takes off in the right direction, Mm -hmm. you know, that Mm -hmm. really engages people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is people say, oh, well, it's cheesy. Of course it's cheesy. If you talk to almost anybody and you share, you talk about their love story, they have the basic elements of romantic comedy within their love story most of the time they have a meet cute of some kind (laughs) how they met most of the time they have like some kind of conflict that follows them through their courtship then they get like romance is just
1: cheesy that's the way it is but it's part of life well i've got to say rachel i i i think that it can be cheesy to those on on the outside of it and there are certainly cheesy (laughs) moments to it For sure. I will say, I do feel like it's my duty as a female storyteller, just because, like you said, you know, the male perspective has been really key in storytelling, certainly as far as I've been around, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we grew up through a lot of... male eye storytelling or male voice storytelling and we're really you know coming into some more female voiced storytelling where there is an opportunity you know for it to look a number of different ways now for romantic comedies to look and feel a number of different ways now and i'm excited for that opportunity as a female storyteller Mm -hmm. because i do think it is a very important genre
0: yeah what do you think, Kevin, about this with romantic comedies? What do you think their place is in, in, in our little world of cinema?
2: I mean, I think you're exact. I think the, the, the concept of love, a love story for love story's sake was kind of for after you put, it feels like, it feels like sometimes, you know, Hollywood is cyclical. And I think you said it best where it felt like Hollywood is kind of left by, behind the genre for a little too long. Um, and, you know, in a way we kind of, we've we've become a little pessimistic about love in that we, when we see it, for, you, you said it just five seconds ago, Rachel, where you said, you know, people have these in real life, but for some reason when we put it on the screen, there's a bit of a deception that we feel sometimes happens. Like we, mm-hmm. we call out, Oh, that that's not really love. Or how could that happen? Or that doesn't really happen in real life. And it's, you know, it's, it's our job as, as um, with creating these scripts is to make these, events and make these moments feel real and feel at the same time like they're fulfilling you know in 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 our story um the 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 love connection and and sometimes those two things are not they're, they're really thing, hard thing to achieve and I think that's why Hollywood really lost it for you know that doesn't do them is because we as a society stopped believing in a love at first sight b love at second sight Three, <laughs> see right. love a third site. you know, like yeah. like we just don't we just don't believe in kind of the um you know in these in in the in yeah. in those things anymore. And I, I and I I think it's just because, and maybe it is because maybe it's the reverse of it is true is because we were we actually stopped because it was stopped being produced for us. We really the we really kind of became um, disconnected from that idea mm-hmm. um, because I don't think we live. I think you know. This is probably a deeper, a deeper conversation. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that I, when I was younger, I lived, I lived kind of day to day, or, or you know, minute mm-hmm. to minute. And now, the, the older I get, I live kind of month to month, year to year. I don't think, I think in longer, longer terms. And sometimes we forget that things can happen in an instant. Things mm-hmm. can happen. That kind of childlike wonder of like. I can be excited about something that, I, that mm. I just found out about and fall in love with that idea. in the minute that I found out about it, that kind of excitement, it's really hard to detail on screen. It's really hard to tell those stories because we have come to a point where we don't believe that those moments exist and they yeah. do exist. And so, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's our job to make sure that we continue to help people remember that those moments exist. And I yeah, think that's, and so, that's what Hallmark has locked in.
0: That's, yeah, that's exactly right. And so they, they take, there's this cynical kind of part of our culture that was really embraced and heralded kind of as, as the culture for so long and then hallmark comes along and says we're going to do the opposite of that we're going to make things that are uh you know that are squeaky clean that are really simple as far as uh uh, as these you know formula romantic comedies it's simple in the sense of the formula not necessarily the execution but but we're going to make these these simple sweet Uh, love stories Christmas stories that make you feel good that uh, that are about yeah human connection about love and uh, and people there was a void people needed that Mm -hmm. people wanted Mm -hmm. it and I think that's that's what they uh, they was so brilliant about it and it's such a it's it's, why it's become such a phenomenon I think I agree Mm yeah yeah it's really
2: interesting totally
0: well, let's dive. Start, let's start talking about Two Turtle Doves. So, Two Turtle Doves was definitely, without a doubt, one of the highlights of the countdown Christmas season last year. Uh, I guess it was technically in a, in the miracles of a Christmas season mm-hmm. uh, on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. Uh, there were so many things about it that I loved, uh, and, and but first, I just wanted to find out from you guys what what how did this project all come to be because you had nikki and michael and then writer sarah montana who had all worked together previously that same year uh Mm -hmm. so i wondered if were they kind of the catalysts or were you guys or how did it all kind of come come to be
1: so um ashley squires um, is an, um, she's so fantastic at development. And at the time she was working with Hallmark and, um, she and I had a conversation. Um, she was, uh, a fan of my work and I was a fan of her work. And we were like, you know, how can we work together? And she said, um, well, for the easiest way for, um, you to come in and, and direct for me would be if, um, we came up with, uh, a story for Hallmark and we could develop it together. So I, um, over Christmas, a couple of years ago, it was a really fantastic Christmas because it was me and my husband and my mother all sitting around a table at my brother's house during the holidays, and we were coming up with different pitches. And, um, you know, we would go and have lunch with friends and they'd say, oh, what about this idea? what about that idea? And, uh, and one of my husband's good friends said, what about something with like a a missing ornament or something? We're like, Ooh, that sounds, that's intriguing. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of, we were tossing that idea around. And, um, and so we brought these, um, you know, different ideas to Ashley at Hallmark and she really loved the idea of the missing ornament, the two turtle doves ornament. And so, um, we developed with her and um, and uh, her associate Brett, who who's also fantastic um, executive at Hallmark, and we came up with the story for Two Turtle Dubs, which then she brought on Sarah Montana, who mm-hmm. to, um, to help with the story and write the the script for it. And Sarah Montana, as you know from Love to the Rescue, is just a tremendously amazing writer and adds so much insight to things. Um, and so that's how Two Turtle Doves um, came to be. Because Ashley, who, who was also responsible um, for uh, 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 Love to the Rescue, and Nikki DeLoach and Michael Rady, they had already done that, which I happened to be at the time on set watching Stephen R. Monroe direct that one, which was uh, really fantastic to get to do, um, because it was already sort of a unit that um, that uh, had done a movie previously. Uh, actually, was like, you know, what do you what do you think about uh, you know these two leads for Two Turtle Doves? And I said, well, they've got such amazing chemistry that sounds fantastic. Um, and, uh, and so that's sort of the inception for, for the cast for that is sort of bringing them back because Michaela also, the daughter was in, um, uh, love to the rescue as well. And then we got the massive gift. Ashley said to me, I met a creative producer who's brilliant from New York. (laughs) He's working on this other movie I was doing. The two of you would hit it off in a second. And, and, uh, He's like, I don't know if he's available. He's very busy and he's doing a ton of stuff. And so we kept our fingers crossed. And then I got to meet Kevin Duda. Yeah. Completely. I mean, (laughs)
2: Kevin, this is your moment, buddy.
0: Yes. This is the (laughs) lead.
2: I just realized. (laughs) I just realized this is my, this is my payback moment and I, I, I'm, just, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stay silent and let me keep talking because I love it.
1: <laughs> well, I the thing that was so funny is that when Kevin came on when we were developing, so we were up in Canada, we're, we're looking for locations and everything, everybody thought that we were friends from college. The moment we met. and I yeah. only knew him as long as everybody else. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So it the the set between Nikki DeLoach, Michael Rady, Kevin Duda, myself, our amazing AD Liz Fair, and our cinematographer Paul Suderman, um, it was sort of like a like a whirlwind of really positive attitudes, mm. creativity. And it, every single day I was excited to go to set, not just to create a beautiful mm. story, but to get to spend time with these people. Yeah. I
0: mean, th- I, I feel like that must have been a very, uh, like not only, not only uh, it, a positive set, but very like, a, in, very enriching because all of those people seem like very thoughtful to be oh, like big I, time. I felt like after I interviewed Sarah, I felt like I was a better person, a better human for having talked to her. She was so wonderful and moving and and powerful, and and then really, I felt the same way about Nikki. She was so. Oh, yeah. Um, Nikki's
1: the force of nature.
0: Yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. She, she was one of those people who started kind of interviewing me halfway through the interview and was like, "How did that make you feel?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah," and So we're talking,
2: <laughs> and I really,
0: I, it was. She was so great, and I, I I feel like that it must have been a very special
1: group to have all gathered together. I mean, we couldn't have asked for our our a better leading woman than Nikki DeLoach. She she is just, she's an absolute light yeah. in the world. And what she's interested in doing is completely in alignment with w- what I love doing and what I know Kevin loves doing, which is creating and up-leveling storytelling wherever we mm-hmm. are. And she really, she's on set for the right reasons. I mean, she yep. is a storyteller Absolutely. at heart. She's, she's interested in going on the journey. And, and so is Michael Rady. Uh-huh. They, they were both fantastic actors to work with they wanted to to go on the journey and they wanted to have those experiential moments of discovery Mm -hmm. and as a director i can't ask for anything more than that you know there's nothing worse than going on set and working with an actor who's like yeah this is what i rehearsed and this is the only place i want to go (laughs) you know yeah
0: well and kevin a lot of people don't really understand what it is a producer does so can you tell us a little bit of kind of at least i know can change from project to project what what exactly was your sort of role in making all of this happen?
2: I got coffee for Leslie and Nikki <laughs> and Michaela. <laughs> I was in. Let me tell you, I was I was in awe on that set. I was I I mean I, I I think I think I'm not the only person that felt this way. I, I have two thoughts, but about that set. um, I felt like I was running to keep up in the best way. Like I felt like everyone was everyone was kind of like the bar was set constantly high on creating not just not just a qual not just a movie of quality that had you know that had that had the right um recipe to make it it wasn't product or it wasn't a product oriented set. It was a journey oriented set. Everybody Everybody showed up that, that every single day in order to to figure out what the road was going to be that day. No one had preconceived notions. Everyone mm-hmm. kind of worked in tandem. And, and the other thing I'll say about the set was, I mean, you 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 probably know this, Rachel, obviously, from talking to so many people that have worked on Hallmark. But you know, we get we get fourteen days to, to produce movies yeah. or fifteen days That's- within you know within a, a, a honestly fifteen to sixteen days. It felt like we had, and, and Leslie, you might you might be like, I was, you know, I don't feel this way, but I felt great like all the time in the world. It felt like, it felt like we had long, luxurious moments of mm-hmm. of creating, of crafting those scenes and watching Leslie work with everybody, and the actors work with each other, and really, just be careful and and take their time and make sure we were telling the right story. It was just really a joy to, to do that. So those those are the two things I'll say about being on set. Mm-hmm. Um, my my job is basically um i to to me in the in the hallmark world i'm i'm an extension of the hallmark executives i'm an extension of the mm-hmm. brand um so it's my job to to kind of oversee and, and be <laughs> 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 no one told me that until afterwards i just want to say that no one, no one down me the told law that. <laughs> it's probably a good thing they didn't or else i wouldn't have gotten the coffee um, but um, the, <laughs> the the my job is is basically to look over everything that has any kind of um, uh, soft creative element to it. So costumes, casting, scenic, art direction, script, um acting choices, acting styles. I am kind of the 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 point person that balances between Leslie as the director, um, uh, Ashley at the time, who was the producer from Hallmark um, the VP, making sure kind of everyone is kind of working in the same plane, I think is the best way to, Mm -hmm. to put it. Um, uh, and then, you know, supporting Leslie, um, if she has an idea and she says, you know, it'd be great if we did this and kind of going to the production company and working with that idea and saying, you know, you know, can we make this work? And that's kind of my job as an extension of, of the brand of Hallmark to make sure that everybody is, um, Kind of uh, you know playing in the same world and that world matches what um what we've set out to create
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's great yeah i one of the things that I uh, that really hit home for me about the film uh, was just i actually lost both my grandmas last year and so mm-hmm. the the whole idea of kind of of i think there's a special relationship between uh between a granddaughter and a grandma absolutely yeah and i think that what was interesting is that i felt like nikki's character was almost disappointed in her in herself and in her in her career in a way that 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 it wasn't more helpful in overcoming the grief because here she's Mm. giving all this advice (laughs) to everyone else on how to deal with grief and yet it really wasn't she was still struggling so Mm. much and and uh you know, I, I can remember even the, the first time that I lost somebody close to me was my grandpa way back in 2000. And I, I remember thinking, wow, this is so much harder than mm. I thought it was going to be. I mean, I, you obviously don't think it's going to yes. be a Kate but wow, this was so much harder. And I, 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 I thought that was an interesting dynamic for her character.
1: Yeah, well, we definitely wanted to, and, and certainly in, in my speaking with Nikki, when we talked about character arcs and, you know, somebody who is extremely intellectual mm-hmm. and works on numbers and figures, you know, m- going through something experientially traumatic, mm-hmm. you know, and not being able to rely on the safety net she always relied on and how how she had to build new muscles and slowly integrate what was occurring in her head and get it to move closer to her heart. And what I believe Nikki did so beautifully was we can actually watch a very intellectual woman begin to integrate with her heart throughout the movie, and then get the gift of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I liked that too. And I also I liked the whole sort of dynamic for michael's character where he's trying to honor the past and honor Mm -hmm. his wife by continuing all of these traditions Mm -hmm. that were important to her but yet he's also not really wanting to be sad about it Mm -hmm. and so he uh he's it's it's kind of an interesting thing but he doesn't want to start the new traditions it's like finding that balance between like you got to function as a human uh and you've got Mm. to move forward but you also have to remember the past and 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 honor that that dynamic is and it's very personal depending on the grief and depending on the person but uh but i thought that was very well done
1: i agree and that's what sarah montana did so beautifully in uh in writing that scene between Nikki, Michael, and Michaela were where Michaela learns about being able to have the freedom to have oh. her feelings and the marrying of new with, you know, the tradition. Um, and I yeah. know, and 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 Sarah's been open with this that that, that was a conversation within her family, mm-hmm. um, you know, after the loss of her mother and her brother. Um, and to me when a writer writes from that space and when actors are in an experiential place when they're acting i mean you can't beat that oh oh yeah when that
0: when she's i didn't know i was allowed to cry yeah oh
1: (laughs) and it's important for people to 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 get that to feel that at a really deep level you know, and all of us on set watching it all happen, too. It's really important to give ourselves permission to do that.
0: Was that mm-hmm. something you connected with, Kevin?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, the, the movie opened up a lot for me, um, mostly that I, that I, that I haven't experienced, and honestly, mostly that I haven't experienced loss at that level yet. I mean, yeah. I, I, grew up with, I grew up with almost no grandparents. I grew up with, you know, my one grandmother. Who's still alive? And mm-hmm. so having to, so discovering like what what that is for me was a lot different than the characters. But coming at it, what I liked, what I liked about Two Turtle Doves was that there were these two people who had clear senses of what had happened to them coming at those problems from two completely different directions mm-hmm. you know having having Michael approach the situation where thinking to himself I've dealt with this and I can help someone else deal with this mm-hmm. and and Nikki's character coming at it with well I haven't dealt with this and I don't want to deal with it I, I'm better off for not dealing with it mm-hmm. um and find, and then both finding the opposite was true I think that was that was what really struck me struck the core to me is, is you know, everyone we walk by on the street every day, we, we all we all come at problems from different angles, mm-hmm. um, and and they all and and if we're there for each other, we can all help each other to find out how to get there the right way, or, mm-hmm. or, or or at least how you know or at least how to open ourselves up to what another option would be to you know to dealing with grief. Um, yeah, and I—I th- I mean, the, the movie to me worked on so many levels. It worked on the the romance level. It worked on the Christmas level. It worked on the grief level. It mm-hmm. worked on the family element level, and it and it worked in all those ways, kind of copacetically, without without having to. I think that's why so many people really resonated with the movie is because Sarah's writing, the you know, the acting of Michael Leslie and mm-hmm. and Michaela. Um, and the and, and way Leslie crafted the scenes in the edit and, and, and working with the actors, I think it worked on all those ways, popocytic, yeah. without ever having to leave one to, to tell the other. Um, we were able to kind of tell all those stories at the same time, which was yeah. really lovely.
0: It was emotionally true without feeling too manipulative, I don't think, uh, that it, f- um. it felt like a, a, a true uh, experience. And I think there were two tropes that you guys did Maybe the best I've ever seen. I the I, I, I'm I can complain sometime about the hallmark near kiss. So I like to call oh, it yeah. where, because yeah. uh, <laughs> it, it usually feels so false. Yeah. they're getting so close, and there'll be like a little sound or a phone rings right. or something like that. Which I mean, especially these are grown humans like these are not like teenagers or something like that these are you're not gonna stop kissing just because of a phone call Uh, and Uh, so uh, uh. it always is so frustrating and then you have to wait until the 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 last minute of the movie and i get it that they kind of want to keep stakes going Mm -hmm. but like the thing that they forget a lot of times is that uh is that first of all if you're going to have a near kiss you should make that part of the plot because if that really happened in real life like that would be really weird and awkward and you talk mm-hmm. about it and oh we almost kissed kind of thing um, mm-hmm. and, and then secondly like it it, it would just it, it, it would just be such a I don't know just such a like I feel like there's not that big a difference between a near kiss and a kiss like I, I don't think the, the I think the ramifications in a real life scenario would be basically the same Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) and and so with here you have you have the near kiss and it was so sexy i loved (laughs) it um but also you have a real reason and he says it and that made it sexier and better and it was so good congratulations. That. that was great. Rachel, I,
1: I, I will say, I honestly think this is a part of what, what we were talking about as far as the female perspective and storytelling, because yeah. I was interested in creating a moment that got me.
2: Yeah, you know? And I'm a yeah. woman watching. Right.
1: And so that's why my leading man was who he was, he yes. was. He was smart, and he stood up. And that's what that's what I want to see in the stories that I watch. And sometimes, and this is not all the time, because a good director is a good director regardless of if they're male or female. But sometimes I do feel like when we're not paying attention to what calls to our female audience, and our leading men aren't acting in a way that um, women are attracted to, then that that starts to aid in these, you know, these ideas of what a romantic comedy is. Right. You know?
2: Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it was just, it was so refreshing. It was so swoon worthy and it was so like respectful and just, it was great. I, yeah it, it was really really good and then also the other trope that i thought you did so well is we so often see the girl from the city that comes to the hometown and then she's conflicted uh, does she give up her life in the city or does she uh or does she uh give up the love you know, this new love yeah. that she's found and yeah. and i i hate that usually it's it's i mean sometimes it's fine whatever but but uh but a lot of times i hate it because uh, you know they 're just expected to abandon their whole career for this right. for this high right. school love and i I think in this case it was it was so clear first of all from the very beginning that she was not satisfied with what was happening in her life, so that always helps uh, and and you know she 's going through these different interviews, these different uh, and and I felt like by the end it wasn 't that she was abandoning anything. Uh, it's that she had actually found something better than mm-hmm. she was going to yes. be doing from that point forward. Yes. So there was mm-hmm. not a sense of, uh, the Michael Rady saying like you either, uh, you either right. love me or,
1: or, uh, or the job one or the other pick. Right. Right. And that was certainly a conversation we had. Mm -hmm. So Ashley Squire, Sarah Montana and I, when we were, you know, making sure, you know, we kind of, we had this conversation of like, what do we want this movie to be? And what do we not want this movie to be? Mm right? And um, that was one of the story points that all of us agreed, not interested in a woman sacrificing her career and her life for love. We can have all of it. And in fact, can't she upgrade it to something that more calls to her, Mm -hmm. right? And and I I feel like Sarah wrote that that beautifully. And once again, I want to thank Ashley, and I want to thank Hallmark, because first off, a story about grief, you wouldn't normally think that that would be a Hallmark movie, right? And then the ability to, you know, say yes to and go beyond the way things have been usually done in the past was really refreshing for for us as as, uh, storytellers, you know, but to have that trust from the network to do that you know, and say, okay, listen, this is going to be a story about grief. And the, you know, the almost kiss is going to be different. And, you know, the the way that she comes to find her own love in her life is going to be different. Just trust us. Mm -hmm. And they did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not that the the movie is not the most Christmassy of movies for for Hallmark uh it, I feel like it is one that you could do any time of the year with the story uh but mm. ha- so was that a concern of yours of trying to put as much Christmas into the story as you could it wasn't
1: only because the thing that's propelling it is the missing ornament you mm-hmm. know and the doing of the 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 Christmas um you know, the things that she loved to do with her grandmother. Mm -hmm. So to me, I felt like it was, it was represented because what I didn't want to do was, you know, do a cookie scene for the sake of a cookie scene, because it's Christmas, like something she needed to have done with her grandmother. And so for me, story is always going to, to win over, Mm -hmm. you know, other, other aspects of of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And I had Kevin who was, he, when he, oh gosh, it was so funny. So we had this, <laughs> we had this thing where there was this one nutcracker who followed it from set to set. <laughs> and our, our art department was amazing. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, Wilding is just, he is beyond brilliant. And we're so thankful that we got the chance to work with him. I
0: would, by the way, love to talk to somebody. I've had no luck. Uh, I would love to talk to somebody in the art in the art department. Oh, he in the production. is
1: brilliant. He's so brilliant. He's the best.
2: Um, oh, he's the best.
1: The, yeah. uh, his set decks, um, you know, there were, there were quite a few nutcrackers in different scenes and there was this one nutcracker who followed us around from set to set, always seemed to be staring at the camera. And, uh... Always. He was, he,
2: he was the worst acting partner ever. He literally with it. He would be in the corner of the room and you'd kind of scan the room and you'd kind of scan the camera angle and you'd be like, oh, this looks really good. And all of a sudden your eyes would meet this nutcracker and he was like three, four feet tall, and he was just <laughs> staring at you. And you thought, oh my gosh, this is like, how quickly Two Turtle Duffs could have turned into a horror movie with the out of the killer. I can't even tell you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. funny. <laughs> the alternate takes.
2: The <laughs> alternate takes. All that
1: to say so. that Kevin's eye was so uh, important in in that world, and in having it look and have the aesthetic of that sort of heightened reality, mm-hmm. you know that beauty mm-hmm. reality. Yeah, uh, I was really thankful for.
0: Yeah. So you wow. you were responsible for, for putting in, making sure that Christmas is uh, part of part of what you had. That you had is part do. of my job. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah it's to make sure that you know it's um, uh, you know as you as you know Hallmark is really. Um, aware of the season they're in and and uh and and christmas is a huge one and, and you know it's it's important to, to make sure everyone um when they're when they're tuning in and watching the story that they they realize what kind of time frame we're in and how long the story you know we, we want to keep them kind of engaged by how long the story takes to tell not only in the time on their clock but on the time of the clocks of the people that are living the story mm-hmm. so it's you know it's really it's really important to make sure that those pieces of of Christmas are always represented and different and how do we do it it's you know it was really fun it's a it's a fun it's just a fun puzzle to put together about how in this location and again that's Gord Wilding and his team and they just you know I don't think I think there was mm-hmm. there was um, uh, something we found out on on set I don't remember, if you remember this Leslie but that they had that they still had not actually repeated a Christmas tree and, and that's the, right uh, in in the actual art department, they had they had were able to create however many movies they've done and however many Christmas trees wow. they've. They still have not repeated a Christmas tree design, wow. so they really kind of work on that and love that. And that's I mean, yeah. that to me means you know that to me means someone's really paying attention. Yep. Um, yeah. And so and so that's what I mean about kind of running to keep up. Is the minute I heard that I was like, all right, I'm I am going to be on that. <laughs> I'm going to be on. I'm going to be. <laughs> I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to you know that's going to be one of my one of my um you know and and it's all fun. It really is all fun especially when you're working with people who um who jump, you know, when you say oh there's a, there's something out of place and we get in and and maybe that's why it felt like we had the so, so much luxurious time. I know. It probably didn't feel that way. I'm probably re- remembering it differently. It probably felt like we were, you know, running running against the clock, but um you know it was it was when you when you have a team like that it's just it's just in, in, an impeccable team
0: yeah. so so we like to end our interviews with some fun silly questions and i'm going to give you guys the holiday edition of our Ooh. Fun, silly questions it's yes. just a christmas movie that we're talking about uh okay. so uh what is your favorite holiday drink
1: oh eggnog for me no mm-hmm. i also like prosecco <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> Um, I was going to say a Prosecco too. I was going to say a nice little, a uh, nice little champagne bubbly at Christmas.
1: Heaven, I'll see you <laughs> at what? Christmas. Yes. Uh,
0: what is your favorite holiday cookie or treat?
2: Gingerbread. Anything gingerbread.
1: Mm. Oh, I'm going to have to go with any of the Greek cookies my, my mother makes. Oh, yum. Yeah, oh wait I have to
2: change mine I have to change mine or I'm gonna or I will die by my mother's hand <laughs> um pumpkin my mom makes homemade pumpkin bread and mm. that is it is it is it, it immediately goes in the freezer at Christmas so it can last the whole year yeah. <laughs> yum um okay be over when we're drinking <laughs> yeah. your
0: mom can make us yeah. a, a party <laughs> uh, <laughs> what what is your favorite Christmas song or carol
1: Oh, um mine I have two. One is all I want for Christmas is you and Carol of the Bells. One for oh, like the kind good. of like bopping happiness and the other one yeah. that's a bit more like haunted when it's nighttime and the wind is breaking. Right, right. <laughs> one traditional, this, one modern.
2: <laughs> oh, that's a really good that's really good, Leslie. That's a really good idea. I uh, let me I'm gonna I'm gonna copy that and say this <laughs> this Catholic boy is gonna choose Mary Did You Know as his favorite uh um uh spiritual uh uh-huh. Christmas song. And I will say my favorite frivolous song is Oh, the weather outside is frightful with the fire. So do I let us it know, let us it know it's no. Yeah, do
0: we get us my favorite I gotta- is uh- You got Kevin to sing. Yeah, you, look at us. <laughs> you might just stand the magnitude <laughs> of this my- money. <laughs> my favorite is uh have yourself a merry little Christmas for this uh, secular. Yeah. Okay, Carol, my favorite spiritual one is uh What Child Is This? My oh, I
1: love oh, yeah. it.
0: My I favorites. sing that one it's to great. my
1: daughter when I nurse her. Oh. Uh, Whether it's Christmas yeah. or not. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, you can just do green sleeves because it's the same For the true. traditional folk
2: focus yeah. on right. green sleeves
0: is, is what child is this. So mm. there you go. But uh, but anyway, uh so what is your favorite classic Christmas movie? Classic Christmas movie. Well, you can define it however you want, but uh, but uh,
1: you know, I've got two. <laughs> All right, good. It's the Gemini in me. I've always got two. Um, <laughs> uh, m- more traditional. I'm gonna go with um, "It's a Wonderful Life," and then a little bit more current, "Love Actually." Very good. Very good.
2: Get oh, that's on. a good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna just be honest and say national influence christmas vacation <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. i love that one too
0: <laughs> that's a movie that makes me think of my grandma because she would watch it and she would laugh so hard to the point of of uh she couldn't even breathe <laughs> like really like getting concerned she would so laugh so funny. Hard. i mean especially when uh when she starts saying this the the um pledge of allegiance a prayer that's mm. that's one of my favorite <laughs>
2: Oh, hilarious
0: grace they want you to say grace.
2: <laughs> grace. <laughs> oh,
0: good. but i have a lot of favorites and every time i answer the question i i answer it differently i feel like i do i love almost any version of christmas carol i'm a sucker for that mm-hmm. uh but i don't know mm-hmm. one of my favorites is I, I do love christmas in connecticut it's one of the first christmas rom-coms to ever mm. exist and it's so funny um but uh, also i i i I uh, really love the Charlie Brown Christmas. That's-
1: oh yeah! Oh yeah!
2: yeah so it's, good. It's so You know good.
1: what's also really great, <laughs> and I don't. I mean, it, it is a movie, and I watch it every year. But it's not like a. I mean, it is a Christmas movie, but mm-hmm. um, the the live action Barishnikov's Nutcracker that was filmed like decades upon decades mm-hmm. ago. That's also a really really special one that mm-hmm. I'm excited to share with my daughter this year. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. you don't get three leslie you only got you barely got <laughs> the two <Yeah. laughs> uh,
1: all right
0: well, what is your favorite holiday tradition to do
2: i like the, i i'm 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 gonna just go old school and say that whatever i'm decorating sometimes we yeah. put up a tr- sometimes it depends on my schedule if i'm if i'm actually at home for long enough but I love putting up the tree and decorating the tree, but I also will also extend that and say that whatever I'm decorating, whether it's putting Ivy around a mirror or the stockings up on the bookshelf or whatever, I just love that. Cause I, cause I'm usually back home. I'm usually, it throws me back home to my family when we, we would just have, you know, the the local radio station will be playing mm-hmm. Christmas carols on repeat. And it just was, you know, a touchstone.
1: Yeah. I'm right there with you, Kevin. I'm definitely decorating, and I mean, my mother does holidays, and she has (laughs) boxes upon boxes of decorations, whether it's Halloween, Thanksgiving, I mean, you name it, um, but Christmas, boy, does she go all out, and so decorating with my family, as well as riding in the car and looking Mm. at other people's Christmas lights. So at night, Mm. we all get in our PJs and go in the car and, um, you know, go around the neighborhood and see what each house does for their lights. Mm. And I really love that too. It's, yeah,
0: that's great. Okay. Uh, so which do you prefer Scrooge or the Grinch?
2: Scrooge. Oh my gosh. Um, Scrooge. Uh,
0: okay. Clear lights or colored? Clear, colored. All right. <laughs> uh, would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman?
2: Oh. Snowball fight.
1: Yeah, agree. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, would you- and, we'll get a snowball I, fight. I will, I will. <laughs> Color of lights, Kevin. <laughs>
2: I will also add that if I'm in a snowball fight, I want to be on Leslie's team.
1: (laughs) Always. We're always on the same team. Uh, Would you say that you are a
0: good gift wrapper or not?
2: No, I'm terrible.
1: (laughs) I would say yes, but it depends because everything looks beautiful, but I've been told I might overuse the tape. So, beautiful gifts, hard to unwrap. Hard to unwrap. Well, hey, it just extends the pleasure. That's of right. the
0: experience. Right. Uh, okay, last question. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? And, and then what's your ugliest it. Christmas You sweater? better
1: believe it. Mine is a <laughs> unicorn that has all oh, of no. these like crazy uh colors coming from her and she's got like jewel jewel <laughs> eyes and everything she's fantastic
0: unicorn <laughs> is 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 she gonna be uh, replace uh
1: rudolph i don't know it's just, it's <laughs> a crazy, it was the craziest christmas sweater It just, she just has funny. no place being on there and <laughs> it's perfect <laughs> that's great
2: <laughs> i i don't have one but I will do one better and say that I do have a photo shoot with a lot of ugly Christmas sweaters in the wardrobe room from the cartel offices up in Winnipeg, where we shoot the movies. Uh, oh my where gosh! We shoot, where we yeah. shot Two Little Loves. I try on one break. I went in to visit costumes and tried on about six of them, and so I have a really good photo shoot <laughs> oh with my all gosh. ugly Christmas sweaters. That would be so fun.
1: <laughs> I feel like we need to oh. see that.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> you post I, I on may, your Instagram. I yeah,
0: that's funny that would be so fun to like go and tour the the wardrobe and see all the you know all that stuff would be hilarious would be oh my fun. gosh it's,
2: oh. it's pretty fun yeah. it's pretty fun
0: well very good you guys pass the test you can keep making christmas movies oh thank goodness yeah. you're approved oh. <laughs> and this was so much fun i loved talking to both of you thank you so much it and, was uh, a pleasure, pleasure and I don't know if you have any social media or anything like that you'd like to share uh, sure
1: you yeah. can you can find me on Instagram or Facebook um my handle is Leslie Demetriatus and um yeah great I'm, I'm around
0: yeah do you have any Kevin that you want to share I do I'm
2: on I'm on Twitter at Kevin Duda and then um my Instagram is Kevin DudaGram. right <laughs> <laughs>
0: I will have that all in the description section. So make sure you guys are following, uh, Kevin has following the best
1: Instagram stories, by the way. Oh yes. Oh I'm God excited. God. So amazing. It's so
2: pressure, pressure, pressure.
0: And if you're listening, let us know what you thought of all the different things that we talked about. We'd love to hear your feedback in the comment section or on Twitter, we'd love to talk it all up. And uh, and make sure you're following the podcast, the so Homebrew's Pod, or Homebrake's Podcast, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. And if you're listening on YouTube, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. We appreciate it so much. You can follow me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media and iTunes and YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes, so check that out. And uh, you can become a patron of our group, which we appreciate so much. We also have our merch store, so check that out and uh and thank you again so much for coming on the podcast this was a lot of fun and hopefully we can have you both back maybe yeah. we get closer to christmas that'd be fun thank you for having us we'd love can that
2: you? thanks for good, having us right good so good
0: luck on all of your upcoming projects <laughs> thank you
2: all right you too
0: all right bye everyone